Black River Mental Health Facility, Black River, Minnesota. Dr. Anthony Midwell, the head of the Black River Psychiatric Ward, escorted Abigail Marshall down toward my room, which was at the far end of the pristine corridor. They spoke in hushed whispers as they passed other doors, other corridors, other rooms, other rooms of madness and incurable despair. <sighs> ah, the talk was anything but cheerful and optimistic. Let me tell you. Listening to what the doctor had to say, Abigail was absolutely shocked, horrified, to find that nobody, nobody, had visited me. Not family, nor friends, no one. No one came since I was committed. No one cared enough to even call. I was alone. Abandoned. I, Randy Conroy, was a ghost. Doctor, be honest. Abigail said, trying to, to keep the, the ruined half of her face turned away for the doctor's own benefit. And she was certain he had seen enough troubling sights in his lifetime. She would, she would spare him her own. <laughs> she always cared about others. Will he recognize me? I really can't say, Miss Marshall. He looked defeated. He spoke to one of the other doctors here, one who works the graveyard shift. I've memorized what you're... Well, I memorized what Mr. Conroy had told him. The notepad is still in my office drawer, and quite frankly, I'm afraid to even look at it anymore. What did he say? Abigail looked equally defeated, but more than that, she looked terrified. Abigail looked terrified. Abigail was visibly shaken, and rightly so. She knew the stories all too well. The doctor's voice trembled, and she noticed that his eyes wouldn't turn away from the door that they would both soon enter. He was a man who looked like he himself had seen the things connected to... to my presence. He looked like a man haunted by such sights. by me. Blood may still pump through my veins. My heart may still beat. But I, I have ghosted, ghosted myself, from, myself from all of your lives long ago. 
I was rude and insulting, disrespectful and vain. I was hurtful to all those I crossed paths with. I cared more about my vanity, my materialistic world, and the value of the paper in my wallet. Over what truly mattered, I lived each day as if I was above all others. And I deserve the devil because of it. Because I turned my back on my own blood and family, on all those uh, who would who would care for me, who would love. I am nothing now. I am nothing now. Nothing but the dust and echoes of life. Abigail wasn't just defeated. She wasn't just terrified. Abigail Marshall was heartbroken. Without, without me, the, the, the man that she loved, broken or not, she felt lost. She felt lost. Please understand that I have heard such stories in my profession, Miss Marshall. We all have. But from his mouth, we have heard such horrors. I had left the boogeyman back in my childhood closet where he belonged. But here, when in the same room with Mr. Conroy, it's like, not to be dramatic, It's like the boogeyman still exists. It is like he is watching us. The two orderlies who had followed behind at a polite distance walked up to stand with the doctor as Abigail eventually entered the room. She immediately gasped and fought back tears at what she was witness to. The handsome man with whom she had fallen in love with, the man who had, who had saved her, the man she had saved, was now reduced to a drooling, thin mess. My eyes were bloodshot. I knew she imagined it was from a lack of sleep and bouts of crying, maybe, maybe rage. Her own mind, I'm certain. I'm certain, though, she... She did not want to admit this to herself. But it seemed to crack a little bit more as she realized something disturbing. The images, the forms, the shadowed figures and mindless creatures were no longer the story of my grandfather. No, they were no longer the story my grandfather had illustrated with his own blood. No, no, no. No, it had 
become a new story. My story. Our story. She knew I was lost in the dark corridors of my mind and she wondered, she wondered if my staying in this room, one so similar to that of my grandfather's, was truly helping. But she didn't know one thing. She was right. Ghosts were the least of her worries. It must be fate, she said. Her laugh was filled with sorrow as she kneeled and then sat beside me. Us sitting here? I did not speak a word. Abigail saw that my left hand moved, my fingers covered in charcoal and drawing a deep black circle, an endless pit of darkness again and again and again. They were the rings of hell and the place I was lost. Randy? Baby? She could not look at the wall behind me, at the menacing gaze produced in the form of my own art, of the man in the top hat and grin. But then she smiled a small, hopeful smile. Maybe I could spend a little time with you. My hand stopped moving. And there... <laughs> there was a... a small flicker of recognition in my weary eyes. She extended her hand out to me like her smile and her eyes, the flush of her skin. It was... It was so inviting. For just a little while. Abigail said. And then... And then I smiled. Faintly at first. As fresh tears fell and I gently took her hand in my own. For just a little while. The end. Whispers in the cries. 
Produced by Star Chaser Productions. Cast in order of appearance. Dr. Douglas Thorne, portrayed by Brian Bostwick. Uncle Ken Conroy, portrayed by Kelly Blackman. Mrs. Karen Conroy, portrayed by Carrie Lyons Munkittrick. Father Malcolm, portrayed by Bob Moore. Motel owner, portrayed by Ben Church. Dr. Anthony Midwell, portrayed by Vale Pierce. Abigail Marshall, portrayed by Shannon DeSalvo. Portrayed by Brian Bostwick. Paranormal Shipwalk Tour Guide. Portrayed by Russell Skipper Jones. Queen Mary Desk Clerk. Portrayed by Daniel Sladek. Queen Mary Night Watchman. Portrayed by Asbel Rays, Dr. Michael Bailey, portrayed by Bob Moore, and Matthew Ewald as Randy Conroy. Thank <laughs> you.